You're listening to the private podcast for The Matrix with Amber Smith. You guys, welcome to Quantum Play Day 2. Today we're going to build on the conversation we started last week, and you'll see that When you're in my world, things start to make sense because I combine ideas from different places and we go deep and the ideas will start connecting for you. So I'm excited that when we do this work, things start to make more sense the more you engage and the more you consider it for your own business and your own life. And so I'm excited to talk about imagination today, specifically like awakening your imagination. And it seems almost like a childlike concept, like your imagination, except it's actually like the most powerful tool we have to create in our lives. And so I'm excited to talk about different ways to use it how you might have been misusing it. I know for sure before I discovered this work, I was for sure misusing it. I would imagine things that I didn't want to happen or I just expect average results, not realizing that we get what we expect, but also like what I was expecting, I was creating, thinking I was just reporting the news, reporting that business is hard or that most people fail or that it takes a long time for things to happen and not realizing that's what I was creating, right? I was using my imagination to predict. Last week we talked about predictability, possibility, potentiality. I was using my imagination to predict what everyone else was predicting. And when I started to break into this potentiality, this pure plane, right, like unlimitedness, anything can be possible. I can use my imagination to create it, right? Like everything started to change. And so I'm going to kind of break down a few different things today. One is how to use your imagination, the difference between thinking of the end result and thinking from the end result, which is night and day different. I'm also going to talk about the be, do, have model in relationship to the imagination, and the three kinds of imagination. So that's kind of on the docket today, so I'm excited to dig in. Like always, pay more attention to what's coming up for you and the things that make sense or are relevant and potent in your own life and business, not just what I say. I mean, you're all here because we want to learn, but I think understanding what's going on with you, your ideas, your inspiration, like those are the kinds of things that I want you to pay attention to way more than like memorizing what I say. You can always come back and revisit and rewatch the recording. I think the magic is in what happens when we're listening on the inside. So I like to think of imagination as the beginning of all creation. Another way to think about this is like anything that is in our physical reality was once something in imagination. I think about the iPhone all the time. Someone like invented this idea, the internet, a smartphone, they became aware of some possible reality that was not yet in existence and they'd spent time with it and they kept refining the vision. They tested it or like Edison with the light bulb and electricity, like so many patterns we see, it started with an idea. And so we have to start thinking about things differently if we want to create different results. This is applied for like personal creation or business creation, however you want to think of it. And so when we fall into the trap of using predictability, right, we get on the internet and we look at what other people are doing and we see what's like predictable about how long will it take? Sometimes I'll get questions like that. Like, how long do you think it'll take me to get fully booked? And I know that they're operating in this predictable pattern because that's what feels safe. That's what most of the world operates on. This whole quantum play program is about being very different in the world, right? Thinking about different results, thinking about different realities, different timelines, different financial circumstances, different living circumstances, whatever you're wanting to create, it means that we have to think differently. And that starts with what we imagine. And so one of the things that I know for me is I'm constantly checking, am I imagining something based on what I actually want? Or am I imagining based on what other people think is possible, what other people expect to happen, what my fear will tell me or am I spending time imagining what I actually want? And so part of today is you have to address the question, what do I want? Or else it's like it doesn't even make sense to try to imagine something if we don't have a clarity about what we want. 
And what's interesting about this, I'll never forget when I was a newer life coach, I sat down with one of my clients in a Starbucks. I used to coach her in Starbucks. <laughs> and I was like, let's just talk about what you want to create. And I just gave her a few minutes to just spend time. And I actually recommend that you spend time with this question. Even if you've done this work before, I think this is something that's constantly evolving and new ideas will come to you as you spend time with this question. And so if you haven't sat with it in a while, it might be time to sit down. What do I really want? And then pull a ritual of in. What else? What else? What else? Last week, I had you kind of develop this wouldn't it be cool list. And the reason that we started there, wouldn't it be cool if blank and really just letting our imagination take us to places is because most of the time when we answer the question, what do I want? What we're actually answering is what do I think I can have? What do I think is predictable for me at my age and my current level of success? And we actually fall and default to predictability. We don't even use our imagination to answer the question, what do I really, really want out of fear of disappointment, out of fear it's not going to happen in our life, that it'll be harder than we expect or whatever, right? Like our brain loves to protect us from all the negative emotions. <laughs> and so we have to check in with ourselves. Am I actually answering this question based on what I really want or am I answering what I think I can have? And you're going to know because this is a different way of thinking, right? We're just taught like the world and how things are. We're taught to prepare for disappointment. We're taught to prepare for our dreams actually not coming true. I remember in first grade, like we learned about Martin Luther King and we wrote on the back of our shirt, like I have a dream and we talked about our dreams. But then I got into high school and it was like, so what, you know, what are you going to study? Like, what job are you going to have? And we stopped talking about dreams. We started talking about what's like reality. For me, I think one of the reasons that we all resonate and love entrepreneurship is because we are dreamers, right? We have bigger visions than most of our peers. We think a little bit differently about what's actually possible, the life we actually can live, not just for movie stars and celebrities and people like in books, right, made up. You really can create a life based on your desires. And so in order to even make the imagination work for us in the realm of quantum play, we have to know what our desires, and this is just a choice. So I have a little list that I made of what we actually do with our imagination. And the first word that I put is directed. We actually have to have an aim, an end scene, if you will, that we're working toward. And sometimes we're afraid to actually like pick because our brain immediately goes to fear. And so this has to be done in faith, right? It has to be done in the assumption that this can actually happen no matter how big or how far away it seems. We have to pick an aim. And so one of the worst parts about this work. I was actually talking to my friend Megan about this. Like you can have anything in life, but you can't have everything. And so there is this element of decision where you cut off some possible things, right? I couldn't be an NBA star or a WNBA star and a famous opera singer and a coach. And like, I can't do all of it, right? Because I'm limited in my physical body, but you can have anything. And so when we pick something that we want to work for, it also means there's this trade-off. And I think that's what we're uncomfortable with. But I think what I love about this work is being comfortable with cutting off also gives more power to whatever I decide I want, right? So I have a direct aim, something, this result or this scene. I like to think of a scene that I want to imagine myself living in that I'm working toward. The next words that I came up with for imagination has to be cultivated and nurtured, right? So once we have this decision, and maybe it's like this blurry picture, maybe it's like some vague details that we're working on, financial freedom, right? Like that's like a vague idea. What that actually looks like to you, that's what we want to get to. But in the beginning, it might be like financial freedom. It might mean I never have to work for money again. It might mean I can go on vacation whenever I want. It might mean I'm fully booked with clients and I love it. It might mean I'm a best-selling author. I don't know, right? Like whatever it is for you, there's this maybe fuzzy idea. And what I've found is the more time you spend with it, the clearer the picture gets. So you don't have to wait for the picture to be clear to get started. 
In fact, I think that would be a mistake to be like, well, I don't really know. Like, I have this idea, but I can't really tell. That's the beginning. That's where this work starts. Then we move into cultivating it and nurturing it with our thoughts, with our internal dialogue, with the words we speak to others, with our actions, with our decisions. We're going to talk more on Thursday about speaking our desires into existence, which is like actually how you speak things from the end. And that'll be a good segue after today's call. Right now, I'm just dropping <laughs> The next word I wrote down is it has to be protected. And we've talked about this before, but this idea of if you're using your imagination to create this end result that you want, in my opinion, it should be some version different than you're currently living because that's where the growth is. If you want what feels safe and comfortable, you're not going to engage in the process of becoming in your own evolution. So we want to pick something that's bigger, grander, elevated version of whatever you're living now. So yes, there's probably seeds. You probably have a lot of things you already want, but the growth is in deciding this next level. Like I love how Tony Robbins described happiness means progress, right? Like making progress towards something. So if you've already like kind of achieved a lot, my challenge for you is to imagine the next level. Imagine what's next. Because I think a lot of us, in a lot of ways, are already kind of living the dream. I know for me, like, there's a lot of things that I checked off my list when I started the entrepreneur journey. And it can feel almost like, okay, but now what? And that's the beautiful thing. There will always be a now what. That's why we are always doing this work. So once you hit that imaginary scene and things are going well, then you, it's time to dream again and do the process over and over and over again. This is our own personal evolution and growth. Sorry, I just saw the chat. This is so powerful. I can be anything, but I can't be everything. Yeah, this idea is something to me today. I want it all, all the time. And instead, I want to start cutting off because I found myself in chaos too often. This and then that. I'm grateful at this for a while, then great at that. I can't be a great at it all, all the time. Am I okay with being okay at many things or do I want to become great at a few things? So good. And I think that's part of decision. Like the word decision means we cut off. So I think that that's what you're describing is really powerful. So when we think about protecting our dream in the beginning of any idea, it's going to be vulnerable. I know when I was really nervous to tell my husband that I wanted to be entrepreneur coach, like I was worried that he's going to be like, you're not prioritizing our family. You're going to like waste our time. I had a lot of fear projecting on like what he was going to say about my dream. And now it's like our reality and it's awesome. But there's iterations of this. Maybe it's like a bigger dream, a bigger idea. And I think it depends on who you talk to. But we have to protect our dreams and our ideas and our imagination because it's so vulnerable in the beginning where we haven't cultivated it. If you think about it like a plant, it's one of my favorite metaphors for visions, right? This little plant of what we want to create and we offer it up too early, it can be damaged. It can change. We might limit it. We might be like, oh, actually, I don't actually want to grow that. I want this and I should be grateful for what I have. And we totally squash what we actually want. And so I think there's this element of protecting our ideas and only sharing it with people who are going to also contribute to its creation and not its destruction. This is where you use your own discernment. But I think it's important to know who would hold this vision with me, who's going to like pour poison on it. You know what I mean? And they do it with love. This is what's so interesting is they're doing it because they love you. They're doing it because they have their own fears. They are worried about you, right? But I think part of using your imagination is also knowing who you express that imagination to, that vision that you have is another word. The next thing I wrote down is giving it room to evolve. So one of the things that I know to be true is that our visions evolve as we evolve, right? And the contrast of life gives us more clarity about what we want. And as we get closer to what we want, maybe we change it a little bit. Maybe you thought you wanted to live in the mountains all alone. And now you're like, actually, I like, want to live in the countryside by a town. Like, if you use like a random example, right? I used to think I wanted all one-on-one -on -one clients. And I would be this like 
secret one-on-one coach. And now I love group. Obviously, like here we are, right? My business vision got clearer over time. It only became clear as I was pursuing it. So this is where we get to meet imagination with some action towards it, right? We have to be in pursuit of it because you can't get clarity sitting in your room, just hoping and thinking. This is the difference between daydreaming and creating. And so when I think about the word imagination, there's power there because it will prompt you into action. It will move you closer to the vision, not further away because you're not taking action. I just wanted to give that little piece. And then the last thing that our imaginations become is solidified. I like the word solidified because it's almost like this liquid idea, right, in our mind that maybe ebbs and flows, maybe it changes, maybe you get new clarity. And as you pursue it and as you refine the vision, it gets more and more dense and then it becomes your physical reality. And then you get to do the process all over again. But everything started in your mind. And so if we're not spending time nurturing the vision in your mind, right, it's going to feel almost impossible to create it. One of the things that has blown my mind, if you resonate with the word manifested or created, whatever word resonates with you, when it actually comes into your physical reality, it doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. I've never said that about something that I've achieved in my business. Why? Because I believed it the whole time. I've been experiencing it in my mind. I've been working on belief. So I would never say, I can't believe it happened. It's like, of course it happened. I've been believing it's happening. When it comes into our physical reality, it's not like this shock and awe. You've grown to expect it because you've been nurturing and cultivating this image and taking action towards it this whole time. And so it's this gentle, almost like playful expectation. Like you just trust it's coming. That's what happens when you start to play with ideas in your mind so frequently and so vividly that you come to expect it. And that's what today is about. So the next thing I want to share is the three types of imagination. This is how I actually like create both my personal like vision and how I create in my business. The first one is probably the most common for me included. And it's like a combination. Like maybe I see someone doing this over here. And then I think about this time in my past where we did this. And then I think about my one experience over here. And I, I melt it together into a new experience, this combination imagination. A lot of my programs have come from me observing other coaches. Not that I copy. It's different. It's like, ooh, I love that they use Slack and I love that they meet on Zoom and I love that it's a year long and I created my own, right? The Matrix was born. (laughs) Maybe it's like a name of a program that you've been studying different people and you're like, I would love to combine these ideas and teach them to my clients. That's a form of combination imagination. Maybe it's like, ooh, I love that so-and-so lives in Hawaii for one month of the year. Maybe I could live there half of the year and maybe we live somewhere else, right? And we use another word would be like inspiration from around us. And we integrate it into our own life and our own desires. And we filter it through what we want, what our preferences are, what our personalities are, what our family situation is. And we create this new idea that we want to work towards. The other thing that I also a lot of experience with is like what I would consider like almost like a direct download, like whether it's from God, from the quantum field, however you want to describe it. I feel like God gives me ideas where it's like, this is not my own, right? Like it didn't come from someone else. This came from direct. And I don't think it's always how imagination works, but I think sometimes it does. It's like this idea came from nowhere. Like, what if we did this? And then the third type of imagination that we're going to talk a lot about today is revision or recreation. And it's one of those tools that I use a lot that I didn't realize that it was something that I could teach until recently. And so I wanted to take a second and talk about it. When you have this idea of where you're going, life doesn't always work out that way. And sometimes we make mistakes and sometimes we have doubts and sometimes we have fears. And so one of the things that I think is really powerful at the end of the day to revisit the moments 
and almost like recreate it with your imagination. What would I have done differently? What would I have liked to have said? What would I have liked to believed in that moment instead of how it actually was? And so it's almost like you're going back when you're reviewing your day. There was that moment where I was complaining about gas prices to my husband. I would like to imagine myself going back and what would I have said differently? And like, I really put myself in that moment. I would have been like, oh yeah, it's no big deal. Like we're super blessed. It's fine. Whatever. Or maybe it was you're feeling really a lot of fear about social media or whatever, right? Like something where you miscreated with your thinking, with your words, with your imagination, you go back and rewrite that story. This is one of those things that I think is very, very powerful and it's kind of tedious, right? It's easy not to do it. You can just go to bed and not revisit the day. But this level of awareness, this idea of like, I could reimagine the past is very powerful because it puts you back into how you would like things to be. For me, it's a little bit tedious, but it's also so empowering because then it's almost like you memorized a new way of being for the future so that when that situation arises that's similar, you know who you want to be and how you want to act. Jane, I do this revisioning with my clients all the time. It's so powerful. Yes, it is so powerful. And so when we use imagination, it's not just for the future. It's also recreating how we experience the past and what we would do differently. And that's how we kind of pattern a new way of being now and in the future. So I wanted to mention those three because I think for the next little bit, we're going to talk about thinking of the end versus thinking from the end. And so when you think about imagination in these three ways, direct download, this vision comes to you, or you're getting inspired by people around you, or you're recreating the past, what we want to do is think from the end result, not of the end result. And this is a nuanced word, but it changes everything <laughs> for me. I missed the first two. Can you please repeat? Yes. Direct download. So it's like either direct from God, source, however you want to think about it. It like comes into your mind almost like I imagine like turning on a light switch. Like it didn't really come from anywhere. It hit you. And then the second one is combining ideas. So maybe you like follow people on social media or you have friends or mentors or people that you are inspired by and you kind of combine ideas to create your own vision. I think those are the two ways that imagination works. Can you give another example of how the last one sounds? like a revision. I think you mean the revision. So I'll use one that I just did with my two-year-old. <laughs> so she's not sleeping great and we're all kind of tired, right? And so I think it was Saturday. I said something out of frustration, like, why are you throwing? <laughs> why are you throwing a tantrum in the middle of a store or something? And I felt frustrated and it wasn't like a great situation. And so when I was reviewing my day, I asked myself like, how would I have liked to handle that differently? And it would have been way more calm, way more loving, way more proactive, mostly proactive. I would have seen the tantrum coming. Maybe it was like, okay, time to leave. Maybe we have more fun. I'm more engaged instead of more reactionary, if that makes sense. It could also be another example might be like a time where you were engaged in like a lot of doubt or fear or like maybe you didn't even notice it in the moment because it's just like our default programming. And then you're reviewing your day and you're like, oh my gosh, I spent hours worrying about blank business spouse, kids, bills, whatever. And I was miscreating. What would I have liked to be thinking? I would have liked to be thinking more faith-based thoughts. I would have liked to be imagining a better future. What would that have been like? And then you go back into that scene as if you were there and live it out as if you did it the way you wanted to do it. That makes sense. So you're imagining it happening, not just evaluating it. Yes. I'm glad that you asked that question. And it's not just like, what would I do differently? What went wrong? It's really putting yourself back into the scene and reliving it as if it happened the way you had hoped or would want it to happen. And this is what we were talking about just a little bit ago, thinking of versus thinking from. So I'm going to give you an example. Driving a car. You want to create this luxury, amazing car that you want to drive. 
thinking of it would be like thinking of the car and imagining what color it is and like oh yeah like I love that car oh I'm so cool like daydreaming thinking from it would be like I'm already this person who has this car what does it feel like to drive it how would I take care of it what would I think about my car how would I treat it how would I prepare to take care of it right and then you'd literally treat like live in that reality with your current car as an example so when we talk about revision it would literally be you putting yourself back in that scene what would I say and imagine yourself saying it imagine yourself doing it almost like you are in the movie or like playing a video game right like you are looking around as if you are that person in the scene you're not like thinking about it like you're observing it far away hopefully that makes sense I think evaluating it because I do evaluation that's more of like a cerebral mental activity I think there's value in that but this is just a little bit different right it's like literally putting yourself in the scene reimagining what that would be like when I think of thinking from the end, there is this element of almost like pretend, right? This imagination. And this is where a be, do, have came to life for me. If you've been in my world for a while, you know, I talk about the be, do, have model. We don't just do the things. We are the thing first based on what we want. And so it's like one of my old clients taught me this and I love how it's like you're acting, right? It's like I'm playing this role, but it's like method acting, right? Like I'm becoming the person. And in the beginning, I might feel a little bit unfamiliar, but the more you do it, the more believable it becomes, the more it becomes just who you are. And so we don't just want to have a fully booked business. We want to be the successful, fully booked coach now. Whether or not our physical reality is reflecting that back yet or not, right? We are literally speaking, thinking as if it is. And so when I get up in the morning and I do the dishes, I am being that person. And I love using examples outside of business because I think it makes it way more real. It's not this mind-blowing experience when you get fully booked. It's not because you have grown the belief where it just is. It's not this mind-blowing experience when you hit 100K or you hit the 20K month or whatever imaginary idea we're working on, right? It's not this like, oh my gosh, it's not like that because you have become the person over time. I think what we're talking about is being able to collapse time around how long it takes to believe something. The more you imagine it with an emotional experience, that's the next piece of this. It's not just holding the vision, it's making it emotional, getting emotionally involved with the image or with the movie, right? Last time I had you guys decide on a mental movie that you play in your mind, it can be short or long, it doesn't really matter. But this scene that you are working towards, you are emotionally involved with it things start to change because our subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between what's happening in reality versus what we're imagining. And so the more times you can imagine this image or this movie where you're in it and you're being that person, the more things start to happen quickly. Most of us don't do this because it's more like default, right? I like to think about like almost like a movie frame. If I were to movie frame your mind, <laughs> what would I see you playing out? And a lot of times when I dig a little bit with clients, it's like I'm imagining crickets on my social media. I'm expecting people not to really care about what I do. I'm expecting my launch to be hard. I'm expecting more stress versus like imagining ease and flow, imagining things lining up really easily, people reaching out to me. I hear this a lot where it's like, well, people are DMing me. I'm like, how many times have you imagined that? How many times have you grown to expect that happening? Because that's like a little mental movie that I played in my mind over and over again. And now it does happen. I became the person where that's my reality. And so it starts with these little mental movies, if you want to call it that, this reality in our own inner being that we cultivate, protect, direct, come to expect, didn't mean to rhyme. <laughs> 
intentional, consciously, instead of unconsciously or by default. And I think that word default is more appropriate for most people. These afraid people, it's not that it's scary or that they're not high achievers. It's just that they're playing the wrong movie in their mind. They're expecting the wrong things, thinking this is just how it is, not realizing that they can direct it. And so when I think of the be, do, have model, starting like the be, I like to solve problems, spiritual, mental, physical, and even in business. Usually it's like, what have I been expecting? What have I been imagining? What I've been in alignment with? What have I been thinking about? What have I been expecting to happen? And then I problem solve. What was my click rate? What headline did I use? What was my strategy? It's always top down, be, do, have, because who I'm being matters, right? If I'm being an unsuccessful coach writing an email, it's not going to land the same as if I was fully empowered, fully believing that people are waiting to open my emails, waiting to see what I have to say next. That starts here in the imagination. So when I think of the bead you have model being is your relationship with your imagination and the person you're trying to become. I feel like this is like a budding thing, almost like you're always on the verge. That's another way to say it. There's a beautiful concept that I learned from Ed Milet called blissful dissatisfaction, where it's like, I'm always onto what's next, not because my life is bad, but because that feeling where I'm between where I am and where I want to go, where I'm using my imagination to inform who I'm being, causes me to grow into my next highest version. And I think that that level of being, one, is magnetizing, right? Like that's what I think a lot of us are drawn to teachers and mentors who are living this way because they're onto what's next from a place almost like a grounded, it's not that they're not grateful, it's not that things aren't good, it's just that they know that they can create something more. Why would you stop creating what's next when you figure out the pattern? That's what the imagination is about. And so when things have felt dull or frustrating, it's like, when did you stop imagining what's next? When did you stop having this vision that you're excited to wake up for? One of the things that I know to be true is that people don't need motivation for things they actually want. They need motivation for things that they don't want or they actually don't believe is possible. And so imagination for me is what bridges the gap because I'm imagining it so frequently. I'm tapping into a potentiality that feels so expansive and energizing. I don't have to get motivated to work. I'm like, let's do it. Like this is the natural progression of what's next. Be, do, and then have, right? I'm being the person in that image, in that scene. So naturally I would take the action that would make that real. We're going to talk about action more next month in The Art of Aligned Action, but just to kind of segue and combine these ideas, that action is how we receive, right? We say, I believe so much that my action makes me open for the people to come or the money to come or whatever we want, but it is not the first thing that I work on. It's not the first thing that I'm tweaking. It's the imagination seeing myself in the image that I want to work on, my self-concept. And self-concept, we all have our own self-concept and it can be changed, right? That's part of imagination too. It's not just a scene we play. It's also who we imagine ourselves to be. When I first started this work, many of you probably have a similar experience where you realize like you could be different, I guess, or like who you've always been isn't who you have to be in the future. When I was in high school, I was like shy and quiet and intimidated by other people. And I thought that there was cool people and I wasn't one of them, right? And like all these thoughts that I thought were just true until I learned this stuff where like, I can imagine a different version of myself if I want. So it's not just an end scene. It's also who I am, how I present to the world, the way I talk. It's first imagined. And if you have a hard time picturing it, that's where the work is, right? Like you have to actually spend time. What this actually looks like is kind of boring, right? It's like sitting in a chair and like working to imagine yourself differently in a scene differently, a business reality differently. And you play with this image until it's very crystal clear. You've practiced and rehearsed it so much that it just, this is going to happen. I like expect it to happen. 
But if you were like to watch someone in their house, you might think my life is very boring sometimes when I'm doing this work because it's like journaling. It's like me doing the dishes and imagining what it would be like to do the dishes in my next house. Driving the car, imagining as if I was driving my dream car. Like it doesn't look like I'm doing anything, but I'm awake in my imagination in this new reality. And so being, when I think of being, it's thoughts, it's feelings, it's how I see myself. It's almost like this reassured expectation. It's not this like, oh my gosh, like it's not this rah-rah thing. It's so familiar. That's the word that we want our visions to become. It's so familiar that it feels like almost intimate. It feels inevitable. And that comes from rehearsing. And so one of the things that I wanted to talk about next is the ideal self and using our words and thoughts to align with the ideal self. And the ideal self changes, right? Like this is not like, once I hit my ideal self, I'm done. It's like, no, there's gonna be like a new version. <laughs> like that's what I love about life is it's the constant evolution, including who you're becoming. But what you'll notice I did this the other day on, I think in the revamp, or maybe it was in the matrix, I can't remember, but I was drawing and I realized I said something like, I'm not that artistic. And I'm trying to be very even nuanced in how I speak about myself. Do I want to create that I'm not artistic? No, I am in different ways. And so it was like, I revised it even on the call. I was like, well, I am becoming more artistic every day or something like that. It's that nuance and that, that tedious where we're catching ourselves. Am I speaking of myself in the ideal way or am I reflecting circumstances as they have been in the past predictable? Or am I seeing myself, no matter how old I am, no matter what results I have right now, as infinitely capable of infinite potentialities if I choose? And which one do I choose? And so I think this becomes, like I said, the word tedious. I think it's something that's unsexy. It doesn't seem like it makes a difference, but it does. The compound effect becomes very real when we start to speak and see and imagine ourselves a certain way. And we put all our faith in that possibility, that future potential that we have. We have to become more aware of how we're speaking about ourselves and like self-deprecating humor. Like, oh, this old thing or, oh, you know, like no big deal or whatever. Just start to notice how you talk about yourself and others, right? I think that the next phase of this is like really seeing others in their ideal. It's speaking who you see other people. I've been around people like this. I try to be this kind of person where they speak to my highest potential no matter how I'm portraying myself in this moment. I'll never forget I had a childhood friend. Her dad spoke to me this way. I remember I was like in my pajamas after a sleepover or something and he said something and I can't remember exactly what he said but it was like how people make you feel right I remember him speaking who he saw I could be in that moment and I felt inspired right not like he was you're not enough right now but he spoke to a potentiality of myself that I wanted to strive for and so I think this concept works both for ourselves and especially as coaches, right? Like how we see other people in their highest potential, their highest ideal and start speaking to them that way. Like this is what I see for you. And looking in the mirror and doing the same thing. This is who I see you becoming. This is the vision. And sometimes this takes, the word that comes to me is like resistance. Like it's not our natural way of thinking. It's mostly about ourselves. I've heard it so many times. Like I totally believe in you. <laughs> I believe you can do it. But then we look in the mirror and we see this like dissonance of like, but I have all this history and these dark thoughts and this proof that I can't be that person. And that's where we go in and revise. We recreate and we commit more to what we're becoming in our imagination than what the past or what predictability has shown. And so this is, I don't want to say constant because that sounds exhausting. It should feel like we want to do it. I like to do it in a way that makes me feel more empowered. This isn't about making 
making us not feel good enough or like powerless. This is about being more empowered. And I love it. Like I've learned to really love it because it reminds me how powerful I am, that it starts in my imagination, it starts in my mind. And so it's something I want to do. At the end of the day, I want to revise. I want to reimagine what could have been because I know that that is planting seeds for a better future and I will get to experience it. It's like gifts to my future self that I get to live as now. The last thing I'm going to talk about is what are you more committed to? Because I think this word is really powerful. Are we committed to current circumstances as they are? Or are we more committed to what we're desiring to create? Because what we'll notice is it takes some faith to speak things as we want them to be. For example, maybe something goes awry. Maybe a client didn't sign you thought they would. Maybe an unaccepted bill comes up or you thought you're gonna like I had a friend who thought she's gonna publish a book and then the last minute the publisher dropped out and like this contrast happens and that's our chance to commit to the reality in the future that we want more than the current circumstance and I love using Walt Disney as an example one I love Walt Disney and Disney World <laughs> but he's also just one of my favorite entrepreneurs because he was denied so many times by banks they're like you're crazy you're gonna do what with a mouse what are you talking about but he had this vision, right? And sometimes current circumstances are gonna stack up as if you're crazy, as if it's not working, and you can be committed to those things or you can be committed to the future you have. And this is what's so hard or difficult is because when you're in the moment, it feels logical to stop having faith in this future that you want. It feels logical to take a break. It feels logical to pivot. It feels logical to do something different because you are committed to the current circumstances. And this is where I think being a visionary, you look and feel different than most of your friends and most of the people that we observe because most people, when things get hard, they validate the current circumstances and they're like, okay, like this is it. Versus being so invested and committed to the future, this imaginary scene, this end scene that we're working towards, that we speak and act as if it is happening no matter what current circumstances are telling us. And so this is where I think self-discipline, not in the rigorous self-hatred form of self-discipline, but being disciplined in your mind enough to notice when you're telling the story that you don't want versus telling the story that you do want. To me, like I mentioned that I go top down, right? Like the spiritual, then the mental, then the physical. Whenever things aren't working for me, I do a little check-in. Like when did I stop believing or even having a vision? There's been periods, ebb and flow. There's a lot of rhythm and everything, right? Like sometimes it's gonna be easy to believe, sometimes it's gonna be hard. Sometimes you're gonna be really excited and sometimes you're not. Sometimes things are gonna flow and sometimes things are gonna feel difficult. That's normal. What I've noticed is when things feel hard, usually it's because I stopped cultivating, curating, imagining the future that I want to give myself a compelling future. I started to sink into my current circumstances and sink into what is, and I stopped imagining what's next, right? That's what gives me all my energy and creativity and enthusiasm. It's what magnetizes people to me. And so it might not happen immediately, but that creates consequences, right? Maybe you feel stuck in a rut in your business. Maybe things don't seem to be working as easily as they used to. And so one of the things that I love the power of imagination for is usually for me, because I stopped having a vision. I stopped getting excited about what's coming. I stopped imagining a better future that's unfolding now. I started looking around at my current circumstances and getting caught in the day-to-day, -day, the trivial stuff. And it's not that the trivial stuff doesn't matter. It's not that we don't pay attention to what is like we do. But we're being the person in the imagination, in the vision that we have for ourselves. That's who we are being. 
I'm, that's where I feel my most powerful. My most expansive is when I have the vision that I'm believing in, right? It puts me right on my edge of growth. It helps me believe and expect miracles instead of this is how it is. In fact, I think that's part of our jobs as coaches, right? Is to be like on the edge of what can be, of possibility, instead of validating what is. We're always on the edge of growth, the edge of expansion, the edge of creation, however you want to think about that. So when I think of my commitment, sometimes when I notice that my business is feeling slow or that things aren't working the way that they are, it's like, what have I been committed to? Usually it's because I've been more committed to what is than what could be. I've been committed to thinking about how hard things are or that, you know, it's the slow month. I realized I had a belief that I just believed Decembers were slow. I was committed to that idea and I didn't know it. It's brave. People have Christmas. I thought I was reflecting what was true instead of what am I committed to? Is this what I want to believe? Is this what I want to create? And sometimes you're going to notice like you do want a slower experience of business and that's okay. It's what you're consciously choosing, not what is the default, what everyone else believes. And so I really like the word commitment because when we're committed, we're willing to do things above average. We're willing to go at the end of the day, we're getting ready for bed and go and recreate that moment where you're like, business is so hard. Why would I say that? Why would I be committed to that idea? I don't want to be committed to the idea. What idea do I want to be committed to? I think this is why getting coached is powerful as well, because our coach can help us recreate our thinking in a more powerful way that's in alignment with what we want. One of the ideas that I think is mind-blowing to me is that we're always aligned with something, right? We hear that buzzword like in alignment. I want to build my business in alignment, but alignment means with something. Using our imagination is what gives us the alignment. I'm in alignment with the vision that I have for my business. I'm in alignment with the person I want to become, not just randomly in alignment. And so if we forget or stop nurturing this vision, it does feel confusing. When I don't know where I'm going, I think about Alice in Wonderland and the Cheshire Cat. Doesn't matter which path you take. Doesn't matter if you do a group program or a master class. It doesn't matter if you raise your prices. It doesn't matter if you don't know where you're going. It doesn't matter what program you invest in. It doesn't matter what action you take if you don't know where you're going. And so things start to feel heavy. And this is where I really love Joe Dispenza's work about matter versus energy. The future is all energy, right? It feels light and expansive. It feels easy and flowy. The more we are in our circumstances, our current circumstances, the more dense it is, the more matter we're focusing on. And so in my experience, it's so much easier to start with the vision again and then work backwards. So when I feel uninspired, when business feels hard, it's because I let go of my imagination. I stopped believing in something better. I stopped imagining a better future. This doesn't mean that we don't also practice gratitude. It doesn't mean that our current life isn't enough. It means we have this other self that we're working on becoming and we're bringing it into this moment. But first, we have to imagine it. When I think about some of the homework that I gave you guys, I hope that you actually like listen. I had you guys pick a song that feels like your next level self. I had you pick a mind movie some scene that you play i told you about how every time i open my garage door like i see my new car like that's what i see when i open the door i like to do little ones so i can do it lots of times and it's just really simple i don't have this like expansive five minute mind movie that's never really resonated with me but like little scenes that i insert throughout my day that's what resonates with me one of the other things that i mentioned earlier is when i do the dishes and i like to use an everyday reality because it feels more cohesive to me it's not like there's this business self and the mom self and who I am when I'm alone. And I feel most powerful when I'm a business self. It's like, no, I want to feel powerful all the time. And so if I have a business reality that I'm working on creating and imagining, I love to feel as if it's done, right? The wish fulfilled as if it's done now, thinking from it during different parts of my day. And so I want you to pick one of those to kind of expand our quantum play that you are going to commit to. 
Maybe it's, you know, when you sit down at your desk, before you write an email, you're imagining yourself with a wait list or something in the future that you want to create. Maybe you're imagining getting an email from this high-end client or a number in your bank account. Whatever feels the most real and expansive to you, you're going to spend actual time imagining it before you take action. Being that person, that method acting, <laughs> right? Getting into character. Because we talked about imagination isn't just a financial or a physical scene. It's also who you're becoming. And the more we can integrate who you're becoming with the scene and doing it as if it's happening now, the faster things will start to happen. And this is what I love hearing from people. Ashley's not on this call, but she messaged me and said that she had been imagining this person saying yes. And it happened. Like she's like, it's working. <laughs> like they reached out to her. About an offer that she just launched. And I love that because we think it's random, but it's not. This is a pattern. And so the pattern that I want you to understand, and this is something that I've been developing. And in fact, if you go to my Instagram bio, it's actually in my whiteboard, but you can't see it on my whiteboard. And it's imagine, become, create. And I feel like that is the process of business, of self, of any reality that you want to create is it starts in our imagination. If we try to jump into doing things without having a direction for where we want to go that is totally made up, there's no right or wrong vision that you have. It just has to be meaningful to you. I love talking to people about what they actually want, not based on what they think they can have, not based on what so-and-so told them they could expect in five years, not what their grandma thought that they would have when they were six, right? Not what your mom hoped you'd have in high school. Like all these things that we kind of attach into our identity, it's really going within, asking yourself, what would I love? If all things are possible, what would I love? That question. And then using your imagination to create the scene and cultivate it and refine it over time, becoming that person. And then we take action. Like, I really believe there's nothing you can't do. And to me, that's really exciting. And so when I think about all of this, I love ideas and I love, you know, new ways of thinking and being and expansive ideas. What this actually looks like is coming back to me. It's like coming back. When did I stop believing in miracles? When did I stop believing in that anything was possible? Right. When I think about kids, I think they have so much energy because there's so much potentiality. There's so much they can become. That feeling is available when we think more about the future than what is happening in the past or what's predictable. Now that we don't live in our life, it's not like we're like daydreaming and so aloof, but we are spending time creating spiritually in our minds, right? This vision. I like using Pinterest for these things. Sometimes we talked about the three types of imagination, right? Like the direct, the combined, and then the recreation. I love combining ideas through Pinterest. I also have like a vision board that I have in my office that I spend time and it's mostly images and I imagine myself in the scene. I used to have a really huge vision board in my office that I just took down because a lot of the things came true, which is so fun. So now it's time to reimagine and recreate. Whatever prompts work for you. So that's something that I think is important to say too. If visuals work for you, like scrolling Pinterest and saving images that make you feel something, or like I used to have Disney World because I love going to Disney World. So I had a few picture of the castle and I'd imagine myself there with my family, right? Maybe it's Hawaii or a cruise. Maybe it's a financial reality. It doesn't really matter. Just pay attention to what works for you. I don't think affirmations are for everyone. I don't think even scenes or mind movies are for everyone. I'm offering these up as tools. Feel free to toss them if they don't work for you. But find something that feels like, yeah, I could do this. Like the opening the garage for me is a really powerful one. It was like, oh, this is what this means. I'm in my office for two hours having this like intense experience. It really is just little mental movie, new car. And then I get in and I'm that person who has that car. That's the type of person that I am. I move on with my day. Spring, I took down the mirror in my bathroom and put my vision board in a beautiful frame in its place. 
I love that. And it's two to three years old. It's time to make a new one. Yes. If it's felt stagnant or tired. The other thing that I know, sometimes there are seasons of business that feel like business is a chore or like, ah, like that feeling of obligation. That's how I know I've stopped having a vision that's compelling for me. Because like I said, no one has to cultivate motivation. I don't need to get motivated if I really want it. And so maybe it's time to revisit what do I really want? If all things are possible, what would I love? That question. And so I love it, Spring. I think you should totally do it. Time for a new one. Many of you, it's time to have a new vision. Sometimes I think about celebrities and the chaos and misery that we sometimes see them experience. And I truly think it's because their whole life, they've been working towards a vision and then they got it and they didn't invent a new one. Life is growth, right? So if they're not growing, I don't know if it's this extreme, but if you're not growing, you're dying. There's not an order that you're working towards. There's chaos internally. And I see this with people I love who aren't even entrepreneurs. I feel like one of the things that makes us happy is having something that we're working toward. And so my encouragement for you is even if you've met a lot of the things that you used to want, yes, be grateful. Yes, spend time celebrating and invent something new. That's what's going to give you the energy. And this is what I love too, is it gets you back into impact, right? If I have to grow to reach this financial goal, the only way I can do that is by serving more people or helping people in better ways. That's why I have this saying that when you get what you want, it's good for the world. I really believe that, right? When we have something new that we want in order to become that person, people are impacted for the better. And so I think that's how the world goes around. I think the world gets better when people have things that they want and they move in pursuit of it from their imagination. The best things in life came from someone's imagination. Like everything came from the imagination. To me, the more time I spend creating if you want to think about like creating a home in my mind or like creating whatever I want, right? Like the financial circumstances, the business circumstances that I want to create, the more power I have to make decisions now because I know what direction I'm going. It actually helps me. It truly does help me in this moment. It's not just a thought exercise for the future. It literally will benefit your business because maybe there's been something that you want that you haven't felt maybe not safe enough or like you can actually say it without feeling disappointed or you have to prepare yourself to not get what you want. If we let that go, this isn't a fear-based exercise. When I imagine what I want, this is having faith that it can be, I feel different. I'm more excited to send an email. I'm more excited to write one post because I see that all the things I do are moving me closer. And so my encouragement for you to is one, all things are possible. What would I love? Spend time in the three forms or types of imagination. Direct downloads are something that like, I don't have a process for like, if I do X, Y, Z, I get this direct download. I do trust that they come in perfect timing. Sometimes it's while I'm on a walk. Sometimes it's when I'm in the shower. Sometimes it's on a client call where I'm like, oh my gosh, what you just said, like, I just had this idea. But for the most part to me, it's spending time combining ideas and trying them on, imagining them, working toward them and then evaluating like what's next. And it's just this process of creating over and over again. And then the process of revision that we talked about. You could even start today, the past week. What would you recreate? What would you revise that's more in alignment with where you want to go? And I think when you use the word alignment that way, it's not just like this is aligned for me, but aligned with where we have to use our imagination to have a place we want to go, a person we want to become, or that word does not make sense. Sometimes I hear this like, well, I want to build my business in alignment, you know, with what? We have to know what, that's where we use our imagination. And so spend time creating your alignment with what, the future you, the scene, the financial reality, the business reality, the client reality, whatever that you want to create. And don't do it based on what you think you can have. Do it based on what you really want and have the courage and the faith to say that, to express that. That's where all great things start. Like I said, our next call is on Thursday at 12 p.m. MST. So depending on your time zone. 
and we're going to continue our conversation about speaking things into existence. I'm going to share more tools about like thought work, belief work, using your words to express in real time what you want to create. This is where you, you might sound delusional. <laughs> it's the combination, right? Like the creation and the imagination, and then we speak it. When is the next one again? Thursday at 12 p.m. MST. You'll get some emails too. So I will see you then. Until then, pick an everyday reality that you want to imagine and be your future self. Maybe it's time to make a new vision board. Maybe it's time to have a new scene that you're excited about. Sometimes this needs space. Actually, Kayleen, you're on this call. I'd love to hear your thoughts. She spent 30 days imagining what's next after she sold her business. And so I think that we see that pattern. It's not always super comfy to be like, blank slate, what do I want to create? But I think there's so much gold if you give yourself the space to actually answer that question. If all things are possible, what would I love? And I will see you guys next week. Bye.